Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you. Well, if you just give Jesus a hand clap tonight. He deserves the glory and the praise. Amen? Amen. Amen. Begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence tonight desiring a word from you. I pray, Father, that you would open up our hearts, open up our minds. Help us to hear from another world. Cause us, O oh God, to be like you as we hear your word and act on your word. Father, I move all flesh out of the way tonight. May you speak through this vessel. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And amen. I got a question for you tonight. How many of you are ready to allow God to sharpen your iron tonight? I'm going to say that again. How many of y'all are ready for, to allow God to sharpen your iron? You know, the Bible says iron sharpen iron. And you know, we go through battles in life and we use the sword of the spirit. That's our weapon, amen? Which is his word. But uh, as we encounter the enemy on different levels, we uh, sometimes our, our, our sword can kind of get, get uh, kind of dull, you know what I'm saying? But when we come together under the word and we get built up again, it allows us to go forth again and to glorify God as we uh, receive victory through his word. And this it's the word of God that's going to give us the victory. Amen? Amen? Amen. As we was going through praise and worship, one thing just kept coming over in my spirit. And that was uh, to tell y'all that you are royalty. God sees you that way because the word sees you that way. The Bible says that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. <laughs> but uh, you are royalty because the word says so. And, you know, really what the challenge of the believer really is, is to see himself in the word. You have to see yourself in the word, allow you to see yourself in the Bible. And uh, I think that's what tonight's lesson is all about, is allowing us to see Christ. And when we see him, we'll see ourselves and, and the redemption that he's, that he's given to us through the word of God. Amen? Amen. I'm going to begin reading in uh, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 4. <clears throat> and I'm going to take my time, but at the same time, I'm going to hurry tonight, okay? <laughs> this is the Apostle Paul. He writes, uh, though, I might have, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he had whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, an Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee. Paul here talks about his pedigree, his education. 
his standing in a Jewish uh, community. He says, I'm a, I'm a Pharisee, the teacher of the law. Some say that he was taught at the foot of Gamaliel, one of the great teachers of that day. And, he, and, he, and, he, and he, uh, we see here that he, uh, he describes his standing. Verse 6, concerning zeal persecuting the church. This was when he was Saul, before he changed his name to Paul. Concerning zeal persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. You know, uh, when, he was, when he was Saul, he, uh, he was there when they stoned Stephen. In fact, the Bible says that he held their coats. He approved of this. It says here in verse 7, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. All that prestige that he had in, in his former life, all that uh, celebrity, so to speak, that he had, he said, I counted lost for Christ. Amen. Yea, doubtless I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I might win Christ. Paul counted everything lost for the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Paul recognized the value of Christ. He recognized it. And he, he, he considered everything else uh, not important. Tonight's lesson is called Understanding Christ. Understanding Christ. And, um, excuse me. As we go into this lesson, I want us to get an understanding of Paul's understanding. I want us to, to see what Paul saw as, in, as being important. Now, the word Christ, that word, that name, it's not Jesus' last name. <laughs> That's what I thought when I first got born again, that, that Christ, Jesus Christ was his last name. But Christ actually means the anointed one, the Messiah. The anointed one, the holy one of Israel. And um, that's what we're going we're gonna to get into tonight. Uh, understanding Christ. Understanding what it means to be anointed. Understanding what it means to uh, experience his anointing, Jesus Christ's anointing. You know, we're Christians. The Bible says that we're Christians. And that means that we're anointed also. Amen? Amen? I mean, we have to see ourselves the way the Bible sees us. And we have to be bold enough to say that we're anointed. Amen? Amen? We're Christians, so we're the little, little anointed ones. That's, that's how we have to see ourselves. Now, I'm going to go to the book of uh, Isaiah, chapter 10. Let's say we're going to have Bible study tonight. Is that okay? Okay. So Christ means the anointed one. And Isaiah writes here, Isaiah 10, verse 24. 
Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, O my people that dwellest in Zion. Now, Zion is the church, okay? He says, O my people that dwellest in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrian. Uh, you know, I like, uh, I like the way Isaiah writes. He, out of all the Old Testament writers, he writes more like a New Testament writer. He says, be not afraid of the Assyrian. The Assyrian is the devil. Let's just get right to the point. The church is, is Zion. The Assyrian is the devil. He shall smite you with a rod and shall lift up his staff against you after the manner of Egypt. Now, what, what, I, what Isaiah is saying is that the enemy, Satan, will come against us. Just because we're born again, that doesn't mean that, you know, uh, our battles are over. In fact, a lot of times we have more battles once we get saved. But the Bible says here that uh, Satan, he's going to come against us after the manner of Egypt. Now, when Egypt represents the curse, it represents uh, the curse that was put on mankind. But when, how many of y'all know when we come out of uh, Egypt, when we get born again, we, we're no, no longer subject to the curse. But the thing about, about the enemy is he'll still try to put the curse on you if you'll allow it. And God tells us that here. He says, again, the Assyrian, he, he shall smite you with a rod and shall lift up his staff against you after the manner of Egypt. In other words, he's going to come against you just like it was had you not been born again. He's still going to come against you. He's going to try to put the curse on you. But it says here in verse 25, For yet a little while, and the indignation shall cease. Now here's what the church has to understand. And that is this. That yeah, the enemy, he will come against you. Even though you're born again, even though you're saved, even though you're filled with the Holy Ghost, even though you have the gifts of the Spirit, he will come against you. But, God says here, that he could only come against you for a little while. Remember this. The enemy, the devil, cannot maintain the pressure of an attack. Somebody need to hear that tonight. The devil cannot maintain the pressure of an attack. He can bring an attack, but he can't maintain it. He's a spiritual outlaw, and he doesn't have the right to attack you and me but he'll do it anyway. But he can't maintain it. And the reason he can't maintain it is because greater is he who's in you than he who is in the world. Okay? But here's the thing. We have to know that. We have to know what we have. We have to know what, what, what redemption has bought for us. And then we have to act on it. It says here, and for yet a, a bare little while, and the indignation shall cease. In other words, God says, when you stand on my word, and having done all stand, stand therefore, the, the enemy, he'll have to back up. Right. Now, a lot of people don't know that. Believers, a lot of believers don't know that. They'll just lay down and let the enemy do whatever he wants to do. But a believer who understands the word and understands the truth, Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and it's the truth that you know. That will set you free. When you know the truth, the devil will know that you know the truth. And guess what? He'll back up. 
The Bible says, resist the enemy, resist the devil, and he'll, what, flee. That's the process. Let's go on down here to uh, verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day. You say, in what day? The day of redemption. The day when Jesus Christ defeated Satan on the Calvary's cross. In that, on that day. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden, Satan's burden, shall be taken away from off your shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And I like, I like the way Isaiah puts that. He said the yoke shall be destroyed. Not broken, but destroyed. See, and, 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 and that's what the church again has to, we have to get a revelation that uh, the burden, the burden power that Satan had over, over us, the yokes that he had over us, he cannot, he cannot uh, keep those things on us. Now, I'm going to give you my definition for the anointing. The anointing is the burden removing Yoke-destroying power of God. I'm going to say that again. The anointing, Christ, that's what Christ is, is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. It's not our power, but it's His power in us. Again, greater is He who's in you than he that is in the world. You know, a lot of these scriptures that we quote... We have to get them on the inside of us. We really do. We really have to get these, this, this word on the inside of us in order for it to do us any good. Because when you are faced with trouble, when you're faced with uh, catastrophe, when you're faced with sickness, when you're faced with devastation, we have to know the truth. And then we have to be bold enough to speak the truth. So the anointing, this Christ in me, is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. Okay? Let's go to Isaiah chapter 14. And let's get another witness. I'm going somewhere. Isaiah 14, verse 24. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely, I like that word, surely, <laughs> Surely has I thought, so shall it come to pass, and as I have purposed, so shall it stand. That I, God says, I will break the Assyrian in my land, and upon my mountains tread him underfoot. Then shall his yoke depart from off them, and his burden shall depart from off their shoulders. This is the purpose that is purposed upon the whole earth, and this is the hand that is stretched out on all nations. For the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who shall disannul it? And his hand is stretched out, and who shall turn it back? That's awesome scripture right there. God says, it's my will to break the Assyrian. He did that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We take part in that when we, when we put faith in him. And the Bible says that, that that yoke will depart from off you and that burden shall depart from off your shoulders. God says, this is the purpose 
that is purpose upon the whole earth. The whole purpose of Jesus coming to the earth was to destroy the works of the devil. That's what the Bible says. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. I think it's time that the church recognizes and understands that, that Jesus Christ defeated Satan completely. The Bible says he, he, that Satan is a big zero. He brought everything that he, that he thought he had to naught. Everything that Adam gave him, Jesus Christ took back and more. The Bible says where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. So Jesus defeated Satan completely, but he didn't do it for himself. He did it for us. And what we have to do and what we have to understand is that in order for us to execute that in our own lives, we have to believe the word, act on the word, and, and trust in that word when the pressure's on. And I always say when the pressure's on because a lot of times that's when we waver. That's when we start looking at the circumstances. That's when we start uh, looking at something other than the word. But again, it's the word of God that's going to set you free. It's the word that you, I, I said this before, but it's the word that you know. Not the word that Pastor Richie know. It's the word that you know for yourself that's going to set you free. It's the truth that you know that's going to set you free. In the mind of God, his people are free from every curse, from every bondage, from every sickness, free from guilt, and from a sin consciousness. A sin consciousness. You know, that's part of the curse right there. You know, uh, to, to, to always be walking around with a sin consciousness. Guilty when you've been forgiven. You know, thinking that, you know, this sickness came on you because of your sin or whatever. Well, you know, some, some sickness does come on because of sin. But how many of y'all know we can repent and God will forgive us and he'll heal us even then? That's the kind of God we serve. But how are we going to know that if we don't know the word? We have to, the only way we can know God is by, by knowing his word, amen? So, the anointing is the will of God for us. The anointing is the will of God for every believer. The anointing of Jesus Christ is the will of God that we operate in it in this New, Test New Testament church, in this dispensation. The burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God is available for us on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. Again, as we act on the word. I'm going to go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Verse 38. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with what? Power. Who went about doing good. And healing all, somebody say all. all. No, somebody say all. all. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. How many of y'all know that that same Jesus that walked uh, the streets of uh, Nazareth in those days, that he's the same today as he was then? The Bible says, and this is how I know it. This is how I know it because it's in the Bible. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
If he was anointed then, he's anointed now. And he is still opposed to the works of the devil. He is still opposed to the works of the devil. But here's the thing. He's not here on the earth anymore. But you are. You're his body. And he works now through you. The anointing works through you. His anointing works through you. As you act on the word. As you see yourself in the word. And as you believe the word. That truly greater is he who's in me than he who is in the world. Okay? So, I see it in Jesus' life. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So he did it then. He'll do it now, but he'll do it through you and I. Okay. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. The word of God is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to do some stuff if we'll put it to work. Matthew 16 Verse 13. The Bible says, When Jesus came unto the coast of Caesarea Philippi, <clears throat> he asked his disciples. How many of y'all know y'all are Jesus' disciples right now? See, I, see, when I started, I said, you got to see yourself in the Word, okay? So I want you to see yourself in the Word tonight. He's talking to you. He's talking to me tonight. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? That's the question that he asked his disciples. He's saying, What are they saying about me on the street? What's the word on the street? You know, he, uh, how many of y'all know when Jesus walked the earth, he was a celebrity? He was very famous. He couldn't go out into the, into, the, into the villages and buy food or whatever. He'd have to send his disciples to do that because people would just throg him, you know. <laughs> they try to get something at all times. He was famous. So he wanted to know what the people were saying about him. What's the word on the street? What are they, what are they, what, what are they saying about me? What are they saying about my ministry? And the Bible says, his disciples said, and they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. You know, they believed in reincarnation back then, you know. Verse 15, but Jesus asked them, he said, but whom say you that I am? He said, yeah, I hear what you're saying about what the world thinks about me. I know what they think about me. You told me what they think about me. But what do you say about me? See, it really doesn't matter what the world's opinion is of Jesus. What matters is what the church believes about Jesus. You see that? He said, but what, who do you say that I am? That's what makes all the difference in the world. 
See? Because you're the one who carries the anointing. You're the one who carries the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. You're the one who can set the world free if you allow me to work through you. But what do you believe about me? That's what he's saying. What does your faith say? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, Son of the living God. Simon got it. Simon got it. But he didn't get it on his own. The Bible says, And Jesus answered, said unto him, Blessed art thou. First, first of all, I want to go back. His name was Simon. Okay? That was, that was the man's name, Simon. Which meant, in its meaning, he was an unstable individual. He was up and down. In faith one day, out of faith the next. That was his personality. And that was his name. So, having said that, we'll go on. Verse 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. He tells Simon, Because you got that revelation, because my Father has given you a revelation of who I really am, you're blessed. Now, another word for blessed is empowered to prosper. Man, somebody should have got excited when I said that. The Bible says that, that when you're blessed, you're empowered to prosper. You've been given power to prosper when you're blessed. So Jesus says, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Blessing blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto you that thou art Peter. Your name is not going to be Simon anymore. Because you've gotten this revelation of who I am, your name's not going to be Simon anymore. Thou art Peter, thou art Petrus, which means rock. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now check this out. A lot of people think that when he said that I'm going to build my church upon this rock, they were talking about Peter. He wasn't talking about Peter. He says, upon this rock, this revelation that I'm anointed, I'm going to build my church. Amen. The fact that Jesus Christ is the anointed one is what the church is built on. That he carries the anointing. He carries the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. That's what the church is built on, on that revelation. Not on Peter. Peter would deny him three times, you know what I mean? Amen. Even after he changed his name to Peter. He said, I'll build my church. And guess what? When, you, when they get a revelation of that, the gates of the very gates of hell won't be able to prevail against them. Not only that, but verse 19 says, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. Glory to God. I mean... An understanding, the revelation of, of, of his anointing gives us access to God's best. It gives us access to the very heart of God. Because what it does is it takes us all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And the deliverance that's ours. Which was, of course, the will of God. This is the purpose that was purposed upon the whole earth, God said in Isaiah. 
God said, I'm trying to get my man back to the Garden of Eden. I'm trying to get my man back to uh, operating in an anointing that the world don't understand. I'm, try- I'm trying to get my man to recognize through the anointing that he's been set free. That he doesn't have to be bound up anymore. And these keys are going to be uh, given to my man who understands these things. Who act on these things. Thou art the Christ, the anointed one. Now, how much time I got left, Chief? 20? Go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Verse 17. Well, verse 16. Well, verse 15. Let's go to verse 15. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. Talking about Jesus. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for the read. So if you can picture this in the theater of your mind, Jesus, you know, he, he, the Bible says he would often go into the synagogue in his hometown and he'd stand up to read. And this particular time, he stands up to read. And there, verse 17, there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Old Testament scroll was delivered unto Jesus. And when he found, the, when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. That's very important right there. The Bible says Jesus found the place where it was written. Concerning him. He found the place where it was written concerning who he was. That wasn't the most impressive part. He found it. We do that. We look in the Bible and we, found the, we find the place with the, with the, and see what the Word says about us. But he was bold enough to believe it. Verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. <laughs> That's what he said. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, notice the boldness. That's, that's, what I, that's what I want us to see. He saw himself in the Word. And he was bold enough to confess it. I mean, all eyes were on him. When he stood up and read that scripture, because the only one who was supposed to read that scripture was the Messiah. That was the only one who, 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 who could read that scripture. Nobody else. The Bible says in verse 20, and he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. <laughs> Can you see that? They were just, who is this guy think that he is? Who is, I mean, who does he think he is? 
That's what that's what's going through the religious people's mind. Who does this guy think he is? Quoting the Messiah scripture. That's for the Messiah. See? And see, that's the same way that they look at the church in terms of our relationship with to Jesus Christ. Amen. So you have to be bold enough to say what the word says about you in order for that anointing to work in your life. If the Bible says that the believers shall lay hands on the sick, well, then you need to quote that and believe that. If the Bible says that your, your daughters and sons shall prophesy, you need to be bold enough to prophesy. Amen. Amen? It's for you. The anointing is for you. Verse 21. And he began to say unto them, This day. No, Jesus, not don't say this day. <laughs> You know, we, they're always trying to put things up. No, he says, this day. No, no, Jesus, say, one day, someday, if it be the Lord will. Say that. Don't say this day. No, he says, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Amen? He said, now, these things that you are seeing the word, they're talking about me. That's what he's saying. And, you know, that's what the church has to be, again, be bold enough to do. We have to ourselves in the word, even as the master saw himself in the word. Glory. Let's look at Luke 4. Mm. No, this is not do it. Let's not go there. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verse 5. And the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Then the Lord said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Okay? Now, yeah, that's probably a pretty familiar scripture to some of y'all. Jesus talking about the sycamine tree obeying you. Obeying you. Well, who is he talking to? He's talking to the believer. He's saying, if you had faith, the sycamine tree would obey you. It would do what you told it to do. Well, in a lot of uh, churches, a lot of people don't even believe that scripture. They'll disqualify themselves and say, you know what, that's, that's just, that's a metaphor. That's not really, he's not really saying that you have the ability to speak to uh, objects. Well, it says here in the word, it should obey you. Well, if it should obey you, well then, if it's in the word, it's true. Amen. He says, but which of you having a servant plowing and feeding cattle will say unto him by and by when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meat? And would not rather say unto him, make ready where I may serve, sup and gird thyself and serve me till I have drunken, eaten and drunken, and afterwards thou shalt eat. 
Does he thank that servant because he did those things which were commanded him? I think not. So likewise, you, when you shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which is our duty to do. Now, that's talking about authority. Jesus is giving them a teaching on authority right there. And that teaching really is only for those who can grasp it or, or who are willing to step out in it. Who are, who are willing to believe that God would give man that type of, that type of dominion. Well, again, that scripture is going back to the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden. The will, the perfect will of God. The purpose that man, uh, God had for man. That's what Jesus is talking about right here. And again, it, it, it's not for those who do not believe that the word's for them. That they're anointed. That you have exactly what God says you have. And you can do exactly what God says you can do. I'm going to close with this thought in mind. If the Bible says that you're anointed, if the Bible says that the anointing abides on the inside of you, if the Bible says that God is willing to use you, you have to believe it and you have to act on it. Understanding the anointing is a lesson that I think is going to help us as we go along, as we grasp it, as we take hold to it. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God to give us a greater revelation of this. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. I pray, Father, that we can grasp your will for us. I pray, Father, that we can understand fully what the cross of Christ has done for us. And that as we do, Father, we'll go out and be witnesses for you, witnesses for Jesus, equipped with the anointing power of the Holy Ghost. I asked it in the name of Jesus, and we believe we receive it tonight. Amen and amen. I was thinking as Rory was ministering, you know, there's a, a lot of churches out there, they preach a socialized Christianity. It's supposed to give you this warm feeling, warm, fuzzy feeling type church, you know. I'm doing good, you're doing good, you know, they don't really preach in the gospel. We heard the word tonight.
lot of movies that you see about Christ will show this little shriveled up guy, skinny looks male, nourished, praying the guy, praying Christ. Well, you know, Jesus was a carpenter. He was a man's man. He was strong. And even stronger than in his physical ability was his spirit and, and the things that he taught. You know, he done some things, stood up in front of people, said some things that, boy, it was just really upset at them. We serve a God because he's in heaven now. But he gave us this Holy Spirit that we might have that same Spirit that resided in Him and be in us. One thing about it, if you want to be used of God, if you want to be a, a, a force for the enemy to reckon with, it's up to you. Christ will put as much in you as you will take. The Word says that He gave us His Holy Spirit that we might receive power. The Holy Spirit residing within us. We heard about a Christ tonight that's So powerful. It is so powerful. That was a good word tonight. It really was. Thank you, Roy. Good word. I think it really uh, deepened our look at Christ. The anointed one. Jesus Christ. Jesus, the anointed one. You're anointed too. The same spirit lives within you. Amen. Thanks, Roy, for that word. It, it was really good. And um, um, this won't be your last time. <laughs> I can tell you that. Why don't we stand? Look forward to seeing you this coming Sunday. Pastor will be back. Everybody says amen. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm glad to have him back. So uh, we'll look forward to that. Uh, keep him in your prayers. Uh, he's doing a lot over there, and it's a very hard, very trying physical, uh, physically. And uh, there's a lot of good reports for people being saved, people being healed. People filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, those who did not hear it last Sunday, there were 347 um, people that were the first service. And many healed, many saved, 
me filled with the Spirit. So I'm really looking forward to hearing the good report when he gets back. So, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you for this night that we can come to be in your presence, O oh God. I'm thankful that we serve a God that's alive and well. Not like other so-called gods that are dead in the ground. But, Lord, you're alive today. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, that you're up in heaven making intercession for us praying for us every day. God, I thank you for the word that came forth tonight, Lord. I ask, Lord, that your blessings would be upon every home. Lord, just bring us to our home safely. Bless the rest of the week, Lord God. And Lord, bring us back here this coming Sunday that we may come and worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless